Hey everybody, it is Jeremy England, and I am one of four music teachers at Ohio Virtual Academy, and you are listening to the Ohio Virtual Academy Music Appreciation Podcast, where we just get to talk about music and good music and bad music and everything in between. And you notice I said we, because I'm not alone. I am joined by Miss Daphne Check. How are you today? I am doing wonderfully. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. Good. Yeah, I think it's, uh, if you are in the American world, uh, this week is a crazy week of elections and all that. So we just wanted to do something that uh, we thought was fun music. And it was between uh, pop music and ABBA or <laughs> what we're going to be talking about today, which is big bands. I love That's big right. band music. It is honestly, it is super fun to just listen to. Yeah, you can't get much more fun, I don't think. There's not really like a dark side of big bands. I mean, maybe like societal, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's like a deep dark undercurrent of like mob activity that I don't know about. But the music that comes from big bands is pretty jovial. <laughs> I think so too. There's something um when we were writing the looking at the notes, I was thinking about um, a relative of mine who has passed, and they just had, he had walls. Uncle Bud had walls of um, jazz records, and he would just listen to them. And there's, I would love to, you know, I didn't know him too long. He um, was my stepfather's uh, uncle, so unfortunately we lost him um, short into my tenure in that side of the family. But when I think about this, I think I just picture all those jazz records and all these big band records on the wall. And he had just like this little nook, right? And he would just sit and listen for hours. And for me, there's something kind of comforting about that. I know big band is like fun and party music, but there's still something like sweet and jovial about it to me. And maybe it's just because of my personal connection, but I... I have this soft spot in my heart for this type of music. Yeah, I could see that. It is uh it's not uncommon, I suppose. There's it was a big comfort during the Second World War, so it's it is a comforting music. It's a very uh American style of music. Um so it is very nostalgic for a lot of reasons. For that reason, but also when you're trying to like like represent an old nineteen twenties, thirties scene, you know, like you're automatically gonna have big band music probably in there. So that's yeah. not surprising. Yeah. I think that's probably true. And it maybe because like especially because it's related to um or somewhat related to World War Two, we have a lot of grandparents or great grandparents who might have been in that war or um may in film and T V if at the you know, a uh, films and TVs stuff about this time. Uh, we hear a lot of big band music. Think Cap America. Cap Cap has big band running through First Avenger, or you know hashtag spoiler when he's seeing things from his past. I don't want to go too far because <laughs> you know Marvel movies. I mean, okay, but let's be honest. At this point, you have better seen all the Marvel movies, right? No kidding. Real. But seriously, I won't go farther because hashtag spoilers. But there's some kind of like familiarity. To this and some comfort for me. So I'm, yeah, I'm all about this kind of stuff. 
perfect because, like I said, it's been a long week. And Amen. the day that we are recording this is Thursday, and we still don't have any results. So everybody's just kind of in limbo. So let's go back to what is comfortable. Yes. And then once this we're done recording, we'll both go back and turn on our news again because we probably that, they're going <laughs> to announce it while we're recording this. That's uh, what's of course they will of be. Of course, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> and all of our phone, both Jeremy and my phones are on do not disturb right now. So that'll be what happens. So, That's right. So if the election results are announced uh, right now, I just want you to don't all tell to thank us. Us. don't tell <laughs> us. Actually, thank us because we have clearly put this in motion for the country. So we're just doing our patriotic <laughs> duty. That's, and that's right. It. <laughs> well, why don't you go ahead, Jeremy, and start us off? What is big band music? Yeah. So first and foremost, big band is jazz, and uh, it's a genre. Of jazz and, and well, more specifically, the band itself is a jazz ensemble. So a big band and big band music are, um, they're not necessarily synonymous, but you will, big band music is played by a big band. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> yeah, right. So it, like I said, it's a jazz ensemble of ten or more specifically, and there's four sections. There is the trumpets, the trombones, the saxophones, and the rhythm section. And uh, it started around the 1910s and moved and lasted really through the 1940s swing music era. Mid-40s is when it's kind of the died down. That um, started as music for dancing, really. Um, people just wanted to have live music. And that is a big reason, as I was thinking about this, a lot of reasons that music exists in courts or in entertainment was for dancing. We don't have like a lot of um, dancing. We listen to a lot more music than I think we dance to live music now. Uh, or maybe I'm just not in the right scene. But like I'll go see a rock band, but I won't go to like dance to a big band. I'll just – I'd go listen to a big band, you know, but it was not for that. It was for accompanying dances. Yeah, I, I would say that's kind of true. I mean – Again, maybe it's just because of the world we're currently in, but it just seems like we're we're not, um, generally speaking, we're not uh, as engaged with music. And I don't mean that we're not listening to it, but we don't have any kind of response other than this passive response of listening a lot of times yeah. these days. So, Yeah. And the other thing about big band is this focus, where the focus goes. So big band is coming out of um, Dixieland jazz, which is basically like five, six, seven people who get together. And they just all kind of play their own thing, but it all magically works together somehow. You know, it's just like Magic. it's ordered <laughs> chaos. Yes, and it's st- and it works. Which let's be honest, a lot of music is ordered chaos. That's true. There's a lot, and. Of that. Uh, that's the reputation that, yeah, that jazz kind of gets early because that's where it comes out of. And then some other people might think of jazz as like, um, you know, like just a, it's all about the soloist and it's all about the person who can improv in small little groups and like smooth jazz or, or acid jazz. or. But I would bet that a lot of people when they hear jazz would also think about this uh this big band, and it's because there's this focus on the group itself. So we've moved away from ordered chaos. We've moved away from, or we have not yet gotten to the crazy on fire soloist. We have an ensemble, and uh, more focus is really given to the band leader. And uh, so tell us about some of these band leaders you have written here. Yeah, I I listed three that I thought of. Duke Ellington, famous pianist. Um, Benny Goodman, a clarinetist. Uh, He and I, 
I don't know if people know this. He led one of the first integrated jazz groups. He's he's a credit with this. Yeah, I didn't really know it too much either. I think I heard it's one of those facts that I heard in passing and then many years went away and I'd forgotten about it. Um, so I think that's really cool because um, at a time, again, think about when we're talking, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of equality yet or any kind of integration. It was very segregated. So Benny Goodman, a hat tip to you for for being one of the pioneers with this. Um, but when I think about band leaders, the, the one that I really think of is Glenn Miller, probably because his music is so famous. Uh, the, uh, he was a trombonist, but of course a composer and had Glenn Miller Orchestra. And I was, I can't think about Glenn Miller without thinking about his death sounds terrible, but um, he went missing in 1944. He was only about what 40 years old, I think. Very young, yeah. Very young, and his plane went missing over the English Channel. Um, there's conspiracy theories about you know, well, what happened to his <laughs> body, but really they just think that the carbonator froze and he went down in the English Channel. What's funny is I remember there's an. Ep- I'm going to show my age here, everybody. Um, there's an episode of the Golden Girls where uh, Dorothy is at a dance and somebody was like, oh, you must not like Glenn Miller. And Dorothy exclaims, are you kidding? I was in the search party. <laughs> and I remember as a child knowing who Glenn Miller was because I lived with grandma and, you know, grandma had some of these records in the home. Um, but I didn't know what Glenn Miller's fate was. So um, kind of a weird, tragic fate. Also weird side tangent, I know, but I can't not think of Glenn Miller when I think about and, and his tragic death or what we assume to be his tragic death. Um, when I think about these band leaders. Yeah. Glenn Miller, uh, he, my trumpet teacher in high school played for that band, like the re you know, the continuation of it. Um, really? Yeah, he was. He's <laughs> he's stupid good. Uh, so Ben Wilkins, shout out to you. He's an amazing trumpet player. Ooh, um, we maybe will have to link his stuff in, the, in yeah. the show notes or something. Maybe he's got a YouTube channel. That's amazing. So what you're telling me is musically, you're kind of the grandson of Glenn Miller. Something like that. I'll take it. I love this. I love this. And I'm, so you you are now. That's Glenn, what I'm. Now. <laughs> I like it. Glenn Miller <laughs> also. He was in the military, right? He was uh, yeah. in the Air Force, which is why he was missing over the English Channel during during the war. He was on like a tour of um, a USO tour, which is basically entertainment for the troops when they're out and about and just gone. Which those still happen, right? There's yep. still USO performances, aren't there? That's yeah, what for I sure. For sure. Yeah. I don't know if they're happening again right now because at the time of this recording, we are in a pandemic. But, um, but I thought they still did that stuff. Yeah. And so this focus on... Uh, these band leaders is uh, it's because when you have like this loose group of musicians, like in a rock band or or like even a jazz trio or a, uh, something like that, is everybody can kind of make a name for themselves. Um, but it was all about the band leader who had to bring all these people together. Sure, you had superstars in these groups, uh, but the person who wrote the music, who had the vision, who would get out and lead the group, that that's where the focus was. And it was, it was all about the group. So not necessarily the band leader, but it was about that group and not the individual, which was again, a shift from, from Dixieland jazz, uh, and even kind of like a, a momentary shift of musical world until we get to, um, the bebop and hard bop styles afterwards. 
big band setups though. So how big is a big band? You know, and I thought it was interesting that kind of like classical orchestras. So from like the Baroque era all the way to Romantic, uh, it starts very small, and it just grows and grows and grows from there. Early big bands had two to three trumpets, one to two trombones, three saxophones, and a rhythm section, which was the piano, drums, banjo, and the tuba, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. interesting, right? Tuba. Yeah. I guess I never really thought about the – I mean, yeah, okay, tuba, but I don't really think about it in this context. You, you don't, I mean? you're right, absolutely, because that – so we, we're evolving from Dixieland – so banjo and tuba were loud, easily portable instruments. Um, but that's not really what was set in the swing era. That's probably why. Yeah. Because as we go further, the later big bands and kind of like the setup now that we're probably all really familiar with uh, in the musical world is four to six trumpets, four trombones, which is three tenor trombones and one bass and a tenor trombone is probably what you look at and see as a trombone or you think of in, in, in your head. A bass trombone has like double the piping and uh, like a thumb trigger, which is pretty cool. You have to look kind of close if you're yeah. not familiar with what this what this instrument is and compare it to a normal trombone. They're very – they look deceiving. You got to yep. look close for it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Five saxophones. So two alto saxophones, two tenor saxophones, which is Lisa Simpson's instrument, and <laughs> uh, one bass or barry. One barry. I put bass in here, but one baritone saxophone, which is uh, – it's a so the alto and the tenor look kind of similar, uh, but the baritone has like an extra loop-de-loop up at the top. <laughs> I love it's the big. saxophone. It is it's big. It is big. <laughs> I, that was probably – my favorite uh, instrument when I was doing methods in college, I think saxophone yeah, I was believe one that. of the ones I just, and I just love the versatility of it. I love that it can do a little jazz and um, it can be in modern contemporary work. And I just, I, I shout out to saxophones, man. Shout out. <laughs> shout out. And then <laughs> the rhythm section. So the piano and the drums, they stay the same. And then we replace the banjo with the guitar and we replace the tuba with the double bass. So that's the more traditional rhythm section and really the full section behind them that uh, we're used to now. So, And there's all kinds of other instruments and arrangements that can be put into big band at this point. Um, I, I got to say, shout out again. Apparently that's going to be our word of the day. Um, vibraphones start showing up more too. In, in music as we get going here in the later big bands. So you got, you know, artists like Lionel Hampton coming in and playing vibraphone, which I think is one of the only places that you really hear vibraphone um, in a easily accessible place. I'm trying to think. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, concert bands and stuff, but just in terms of the general population hearing it. Um, so that's another thing. So that's like another way that this can change up, I guess, is my point to saying all this. Also, I'm a percussionist and have to shout out a percussion instrument any moment I get. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the jazz ensemble, the jazz orchestra, which a big band is, is very easy for you to feature somebody as a background. So if you have, like, it's almost like a little jazz concerto, right? You can yeah. have um, the main idea and then you can have like the solo sections and the main ideas. Um, 
And so a vibraphone would fit in very well there. It might not fit in like the rhythm section, but you could definitely have a soloist. It's like, you know, Glenn Miller Orchestra featuring, you know, Daphne on the vibraphone for one night only or something. I'd pass out. I would yeah. pass out if that was an actual marquee somewhere. Yeah. I wouldn't make it to the stage. I'd pass out. Anyway. <laughs> For sure. And then some big bands, like the, the standard setup we just read was pretty standard, but some also have like clarinets and stuff, which is mm-hmm. um, uh, interesting, uh, but a holdover from Dixie land jazz, but also just, it's a cool instrument, you know, like it's a cool instrument to have in there. It gives a unique flavor. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, others include more trumpets, which is probably a blessed, uh, a blessed big band. The more trumpets you have, <laughs> says the trumpet player. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like how we just are totally biased for our own instruments? Can we I just know. point that out? We we uh, have no chill on that. No so. chill. We have no chill. Oh, so well. the, the style of music as it starts out is, like I said, it was a way to bring dancing into a newer modern era so before 1910 the dancing was all about the sophisticated styles like the waltz or the polka which is maybe where the tuba comes out you know like she's <laughs> just especially like in three you know uh so you have these sophisticated and dancing started to get a little bit more crazy and so music started to get a little more crazy to go along with it as it got more energetic and the dancing got more energetic you needed more energetic music and so by the 1920s jazz orchestras were divided into the parts mentioned earlier and music was shifting away from that dixieland style that more uh so dixieland this fun chaotic style of jazz uh and then sophisticated dancing somehow has come together in a weird marriage to make big band music. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know how like that all it. works out, but. But it does. It does. <laughs> it does. And then we get to what everybody's familiar with. So let's talk about swing music. So this is probably what everybody thinks about, just like you said, right? When Even if you just close your eyes, you can kind of transport yourself to that. Um, this is the style of music that was really noticeable in the 1930s that really kind of staked its claim here. Um, swing music was known for 4-4 time signature, but it has an emphasis on the weak beat. Uh, and that's really different from rock music of today. That's like the polar opposite, isn't it? I mean, it is. Yeah, like I, I'm trying to think of cases where that is. But it's this, again, another this is another situation where go listen to it and you'll see what we mean. Yeah, I think it's like... Um we always joke, don't clap on the one and threes, right? Um, mm-hmm. And in rock music, that would be the boom, ga, doom, ga. you don't clap on like the boom part, you clap on the gut part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, swing music is like the exact, it kind of gives it that excite, exciting feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's got a different, it just, it has a different flavor. A different um, flavor, yes. I, I, I kind of, I always like using the word flavor because sometimes it's hard to describe things, but, um, you know, it adding those color variations, I guess maybe that's another way of putting it. But um, So at first it wasn't very highly thought of, uh, the swing music wasn't, it wasn't very highly thought of, but it started growing popularity and then it just became a snowball. Just right down the hill, everybody was doing the swing thing. It was all the rage. And and again, I, I guess I get these mental images of this, just these dance halls with 
people coming together and doing all the swing music. I don't know. Again, I think I'm, I'm, uh, I, I am trying to push my nostalgia here. So you're, I, I you're romanticizing it. <laughs> I am. I really, truly am. And it's, but it's because it's just, I mean, literally, I, I probably listen to this kind of music just for like an hour once a week or something while I'm work and I'll just put like swing music on or something. So I don't want to put too much of my, my, uh, not very objective opinion on this. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's hard. I mean, it's hard not to, but it's, I don't think it's too far off because I think back in the 30s, 40s, what music was available. So you had maybe some country music that was starting to rise up, uh, but there wasn't like rock or pop or hip hop or anything else, you know, like jazz was, it, it was the music. You turned on the radio and you heard like the Glenn Miller orchestra or somebody and, and it was on TV. It was the, the popular style of music. Uh, and that happens mostly because it was accepted by white culture. Um, and remember uh, 30s, 40s, 20s, <laughs> 10s, uh, white people accepting music meant that it was successful. Right. And we we t- we see this, too, um, from an educational standpoint, when we teach this stuff in our classes and we talk about the blues, um, that the blues has a little bit of a rough start. And some of that is because it's not a, a lot of white people, frankly, mm-hmm. in the beginnings of that. So here white people and again please bear in mind the time that we're referring to here uh you know at this point in history white people were like swing music is awesome therefore it it worked at that time right yep and finally the the biggest you know final chef kiss was the the world war ii just kind of that comforting style of music that um the soldiers would know and love and like and and get excited about to hear, which is so different from like, you know, I don't know, like if I was deployed right now, I might be like one of four people that were excited to hear a swing band come through, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's, what do you think when you were deployed? Like, what was the music that the yeah. soldiers were listening to or you were listening to? Oh my to gosh. Uh, we had a couple of, uh, we had a couple of rock people come through. We had a pop person, uh country. I mean, Country is every everybody kind of likes country, um, so they did very very well. So we had a pop girl come through in Afghanistan, and she was pretty well received. It's almost interesting because at some point you just are excited to be entertained. But yeah, um, I can bet, I can bet. Yeah, but like if a, a swing band came through, I don't know. I just think that like it wouldn't be. It'd be like, oh, okay, cool. See, that makes that's very interesting to me because. I keep thinking about, you know, if I now, again, different time and place, what you're talking about. But, you know, if I, I when I'm listening to live music, it, just any kind, um, I'm usually, you know, I can't sit still. I'm tapping my foot. I'm kind of moving around and big band in particular, you know, with the whole idea being that you want to dance to it. I, I, I'm kind of surprised that people wouldn't be a little bit more energetic about it. But again, time and place, I suppose, is everything. Yeah. And swing dancing, we can't, we'd be remiss without talking about swing dancing was uh, this huge phenomenon that also went along a whole um, style of dancing that comes along with, with this. And uh, the scenes you'll see in movies and stuff, like it's not going to be a guy dancing by himself. You dance with another person, probably a girl, uh, if you're a guy. Um, So like, you know, a bunch of guys over in the Middle East with uh, a swing band coming through, you know, like who are you going to dance with? Um, 
So I get it, yeah. you know, but. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe we have our own bias, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for oh. sure. Um, so big bands today, though, and part of it just it's not the popular style of music, but you will hear a ton of big band if you know where to look. I mean, most high school and college programs have a big band. In fact, my high school was jazz band was a big band, essentially. Same um, as ours. Yeah. And, and as a teacher, have you ever had to teach uh, jazz band or big band? I have not. I, I would like to, I think. I, I love fun. this style of music, but... It's a lot of fun. I did it in student teaching, and then where I used to teach, I did some help. I wasn't the head director of it, but I assisted with it. And it's just, it's so nice to teach something a little different because it's a little bit out of the realm of what um, curriculum-wise sometimes we're kind of boxed into teaching. And it's just nice to have something different. So, um, yeah, if you can ever get a chance to teach and or play. Uh, with a big band <laughs> that's cool well part of it is because part of its reason it's so popular is it's it's so easy and accessible for ensemble playing so a group of kids uh and it's way easier to transition for more classically trained musicians so in in our field at least you know my experience is that we teach students how to play an instrument very um structured and very um do this to do this to do this to play eighth notes to play like classical music or like music written for for band and to to have that classical training to move over into jazz uh it's way easier with big band because one you're playing as a group so you have other people to listen to uh two a lot of it is written out so it's very easy to follow along uh and three you just you don't have to know how to improv yet. <laughs> so you, like, yeah. you don't have to know all of the music theory to know how to play an E minor nine chord because everybody has that note, their appropriate note written down and you play it and you can tune it and that's cool. Other jazz, like you just got to kind of know it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a very lovely, uh, accessible gateway. I guess I'm just back piggybacking on what you said, but I think yeah. you said it very well. I think you said it very well. Yeah, we had moments for solos in our, you know, a lot of high school music will put like improv section and some of them will put uh, like, here's like a a suggested solo, you know, like somebody Mm -hmm. who's done it better than you uh, or who's written something out. And uh, I always thought that was interesting to try and test your chops. We'd have improv days, but it takes a lot of courage to just make something up on the spot in high school. Yeah. I don't know if I could have done it in high school. As a matter of fact, I had to take a class on it in college. Like, um, I don't know if you had to take a jazz methods course, um, in your teacher education, but yeah, I did too. Um, and it was, you know, after you took a lot of theory classes, it was toward the end of your, uh, journey in college because you did have to know a lot of theory to do it properly. Your brain has to be working ahead of your hands and your mouth And in order for that to work, you really have to know a lot of the theory and how to do chord structure and stuff like that before. And improv is its own animal that way. Uh, It's it's very different from how other types of music are. And maybe that's a maybe that's a whole other show. At some point we talk about improv because it's it's very interesting in of itself. But, um, yeah, improv is hard. I mean, you can get as I mean, there's a lot of people who will say, well, as long as you stay in the key signature, it's fine. But 
that's not totally true either. I don't know. So <laughs> it's it's cool. It's cool. And so this other transition, so I was reading some of the structure. It's not in here, but you have like the head of a song, which is the head of a song is like the main chorus that comes back over and over again. Like kind of, like, I mean, the head. So you play the head and then like you'll have a section that's a solo section and you'll play the head again. And um, I thought it was interesting that some bands, it's called the head because uh, we go to the head of the song, but also these bands would get together. So these big bands would get together. They would work out in rehearsal what that meant. They would work out the song, play their parts, and then it just would be committed to their memory. And so like there was no music. Uh, so like the the really, really good bands, I think it was Count Basie who said, I don't know, we just kind of figured out and everybody just, we start playing and everybody just kind of falls into place, you know? And you're like, oh, okay, Count Basie, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Count Basie can say whatever Count Basie <laughs> right. wants to say. Yeah, and the people playing with him, I'm sure, could do that. Uh, and so, like, that's kind of like the next level, and that would be difficult to play as. Um, the more that you're around big band, you have, like, standards. Jazz has a lot of standards, songs that everybody knows how to play. Mm-hmm. You could go and you play a lot of standards in jazz. You could go sit in with the big band. My high school teacher did that. He would go sit in with the big band every once in a while and just, like, he knew the songs, you know? Uh, so I thought that was always kind of cool. Cause then the real magic comes on those in between the heads where somebody's playing a solo or, um, and that's, that's what makes every performance a little bit different. Mm. They, that's what, that's, I think one of the th- the nice things is cool. Like it's all stuff that you, maybe you go see two bands, one on one night, one on another, they might play the same song, but they're not going to sound exactly the same. Yeah. They're different sure. from each other. And that's one of the beautiful things about music, too, is interpretation. Yeah, and style and just different artists mm-hmm. and band leaders have different um, approaches to music. Uh, oh, so yeah. big band, you know, we have these high school and college groups, and it's very accessible for younger children and students. And there's sort of like a revival in the 90s of swing music I was reading. and uh, But it evolves a little bit more where now we have, more Latin or Afro-Caribbean influences inside of music, which is understandable because jazz goes through big band to like hard bop and bebop and cool jazz to, to like this fusion. And then Latin and Afro-Caribbean really just takes a stronghold. And that was all the rage. So it, it makes sense. Like when this big band comes and Afro-Caribbean and Latin are huge, you just would kind of combine those together to get uh, a unique style and sound. Best thing about music is when everything like blends together. Yep, it just because that's when you get new stuff. Magical, magic. Yeah, <laughs> you guys can't see my hands right now, but I, I've got jazz fingers right now, like <laughs> waving or sparkle fingers. Is that what they're called? Sparkle fingers? I don't know. I got them right now, but y'all can't see them. <laughs> hey, why don't we talk about popular bands? <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> um, goodness gracious, we're going off the rails, everybody. Okay, so popular bands. We talked about the Glenn Miller Orchestra, which. Jeremy is the great grandson of yeah. musically of Glenn, Glenn Miller. Now I'm totally going to refer to that all the time. Be it, let it be known. Um, the Benny Goodman Orchestra, the Duke Ellington Band. Um, you'll notice a lot of these bands have they're just kind of named after their director. <laughs> right. I mean, there's no like real, you know, whatever to it. Uh, so the Count Basie Orchestra, Louis Armstrong. Oh God, love you, Louis Armstrong, Buddy Rich, uh, and Lawrence Welk. So those are some popular ones. If you're interested, you should check them out. 
So Lawrence Welk is cool. I just learned, I mean, he had a show. That's what he, I guess he was really known for because I was asking my wife about, you know, name some big bands. And Lawrence Welk she brought up, and he had a show, but he had a big band that toured around North Dakota and South Dakota. And I just thought that was a weird tidbit. Like that's where his band was, was the Dakotas. <laughs> now that is interesting. I wonder why there. I don't know. Probably, Did she probably know where he's or from. say anything? Yeah, no, it I might just, just be where he's from. Yeah, we looked it up. It just... I thought, okay, North Dakota and South Dakota getting some jazz love, you know? So. <laughs> I like that. All right. Well, the Dakotas don't sometimes get a lot of love, so um, we'll give them some. Okay, so let's talk about popular popular songs. What do you got? So we got In the Mood, which is Glenn, Moore, Glenn Miller, right? Standard. Uh, yeah, standard. Chattanooga Choo Choo. Uh, okay, Minnie the Moocher. I don't know if oh. I know this one off the top of my head. Just just let's go. I'm, I'm going to find a good... Uh, recording of Minnie the Moocher and put it in the show notes. I personally, this is probably my favorite. The vocal, there's a vocalist in this and the, the just like the growl of the Minnie the Moocher. Um, I've played this a lot or a couple times in a community band I used to be in when I didn't live in Columbus, when I lived back um, in my hometown. And we did Minnie the Moocher a couple times and it's just, it's, a, it's, um, for lack of a better word, follow me on this. It's kind of dirty and grungy uh, for for uh, swing music or for big band music. But that's why I like it, because it's just a little darker. It's a little bit edgier. Um, it's it's a little sharper. Uh, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. I'll go find a good recording of Minnie the Moocher and put it in. Cause it's just it's just cool. It's just it's just an interesting interesting one. So angsty angsty big band, huh? If yeah, yes, exactly. If there was angsty big band, this is this is emo big band. <laughs> uh, this is my chemical big man big band. <laughs> well, then to swing the complete opposite way of right. uh, you know. Emo band is Panic at the Big Band. Yep. Sorry, I had one. <laughs> I had to do one more. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so the swing the other way is uh, Sing Sing Sing, which is like the quintessential uh, jazz song. It starts off with that uh, killer drum beat. Uh, mm. Does it dun 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 that's I think it, you, man. I think you like tricked out my over-the-ear headphones right there. You like blanked out for a minute when you did that. It was, funny. It was like your high register. My my headphones were like, nah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. I love it. That yeah. was beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to hear like what swing music is, what a big band accomplishes, sing, 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 and then please look up like um Glenn Miller Orchestra. Duke Ellington is who I would go to next. Probably I'd probably go. My personal order would be Duke, Count Basie, Glenn, and then the Benny Goodman Orchestra. It's probably the order that I would introduce people into. Um, but you can't go wrong with any of those top four that we have. I think that's a very good order too, Jeremy, especially because most people actually already know Glenn Miller. Right. right. Um, so this gets you – not that Glenn Miller is bad. As a matter of fact, one of the best. I would – you know, there's a reason he's on the list. But – um, you know, you, it's one of those, uh, orchestras you've, you've heard of because you're a human who, um, digests media in some form. So you've heard that work at some point in your life. 
And so after you get done listening to us, go listen to them. But uh, if you have enjoyed this podcast, please uh, like it, stars, hearts, rainbows, red balloons, whatever. Sparkle fingers. Sparkle fingers, nice. whatever you can give us in love is super cool. Uh, and then connect with us on Twitter. We're uh, at OHVA Music, which is a great way to reach us. I myself am on Twitter at Jeremy P. England. Uh, I, you know, I'm welcoming your feedback there. Uh, also, you can visit us at anchor.fm slash OHVA music, and that will get us to our anchor page where you can comment and leave voice comments as well as text comments. And with that, uh, go listen to some swing music and get to doing some amazing 1930s swing dancing. Anything else? Sparkle fingers. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. <laughs>